Are you having a hard time finding a good book to read about Twin Peaks? Did you finish binge-watching Twin Peaks in quarantine, and now you're looking for more? If so, we have the book for you. Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. Based off the popular show from the 1990s, read about the making of each episode from over 100 cast and crew members. This book covers Season 1, Season 2, Firewalk With Me, and Season 3. But wait, there's more! This book has commentary from the community and the host from the wildly popular podcast Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Order now! Supplies are very limited. Only $25.99 plus shipping and handling. Go to bluerosemag.com today. Welcome to this week's Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks Unwrapped, Unwrapped Podcast. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Brian. I'm Brian Kasaska, and this is Ben Durant. Hello. And we're going to take you on this uh, journey for episode three. As this is uh, episode three, written by Harley Payton, and it was directed by Tina Rothborn. And aired April 26, 1990. The rating was 11.3 rating and wow. it ranked 45 for the week. Wow. So <laughs> so we went from fifth place on the pilot to uh, we're now at 45. But last episode, you mentioned it was at 20. Yeah, I think it was at 28. 28 yeah. 28 and it dropped. So basically that episode turned a lot of people <laughs> off. They, they, they couldn't handle a little man uh, talking, backwards. talking backwards and dancing and... Old man getting kissed by a beautiful blonde. I don't think they can handle it. No. It was just too oh much. my God. So that that was. And the funny thing is, like the, we were saying before, like that yeah. that is like when you think if somebody asked like was like tell me one scene from Twin Peaks, it probably is that scene. I yeah. mean, it's it's so uh, it's so amazing. I, I mean, almost you know what the show is sort sort of like. Um, it was out of its time. Like it was ahead of its time. Yep. Like if this show came out right now. Yeah. It would like, be talked about. Or maybe 2016. About. Maybe if it came out in 2016. <laughs> yeah, like when the new one's coming out for a new generation of people. But yeah. because I, I feel like if this show came out around this time period, um, this would blow up the internet. It would be like, you know, true detective and people would have theories. And I mean, people do now. But yeah. back then you didn't have the internet. Right. Really. No internet. Um, but I feel like this would be trending on Twitter. You know, even if the ratings weren't that great. Even if the ratings were subpar, I, the internet would keep it alive. Yeah. And, you know, this show probably went, went on for a couple of seasons if, like, it, like the network kicked it off, but HBO or somebody else picked it up. You know, it would just be a different kind of show. It would but, be. You know, there was rumors that Twin Peaks might come back, and we're talking the present here. And one rumor was that maybe Netflix would pick it up. And the thing with Netflix is they probably would have dumped all the episodes all at, you know, once. Like, all at once. And then people would binge on it and we had no answers before other people. And so it's kind of nice that in a way yeah. that's not showtime where you're still going to be forced to have one episode a week. I like that. Yeah. And so we, we'll be talking about Twin Peaks in 2016 week by week. And yeah. Stuff. Something, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like that model. I think show. Shows like this 
would have a hard time surviving if we lived in a world where everybody just dumped. Yeah. Because you like to talk about it and like uh, think about it and like guess and like if you can just watch the whole thing. Right. The conversation just ends in a weekend. Right. You know, like it dumps on Friday. By Monday, everybody's already talked about it, saw it. We're moving on. And I, I, yeah, I don't want to live in that kind of world. I like the week-to-week mystery. Totally. So Wrapped in Plastic number 50 kind of talked about, in a way, there was like two phases to uh, the first season of Twin Peaks. Mm -hmm. The first phase, which kind of included the pilot episode one and two, kind of was an establishing phase where it kind of established the characters, kind of got you you to know what was happening in Twin Peaks. The second phase was kind of the dream phase. And it it was the whole idea of break the dream code, solve the crime. And so basically from, you know, now that we got to episode two, where we had the dream this point forward mm-hmm. we're kind of like dealing with the dream and trying to you know rationalize it and mark frost uh, will kind of assign meaning to lynch's abstract dreams you know he will take those crazy dreams that was shot well before the first season was even worked on yeah and start kind of like saying well how can we put this into the real world and 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 he does a good job he does the breadcrumbs um because i'm ahead like i said after season one, if you're following along with us, watch that scene again. It just blows your mind. They did a good job. Like I watched it, didn't know any I, anything that was just. I'm like, oh, it's a shadow of a bird. Right. I thought. I thought. I thought nothing of it. Now it makes total sense. Have we talked about this? Um, this Audrey Cooper relationship thing. She's got a crush on him. Yeah. Of some sort, you know. In she's in high school. Right. Which none of these people look like they're in high school. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, But she has a crush on him. And, you know, I think he realizes it's just a, you know, a silly thing. And he doesn't. I can't tell if he seems like he in some way flirts back a little bit in his own way. Like he's still he's still being respectable and stuff. But he definitely seems like uh, it's like, oh, I like the the smell of your perfume. It's like you do. Yeah. 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 And things that like, oh, you know, but But at some point she will say it might be later on. She will say she's 18. (laughs) And he does say you're very young. And he he does make reference to that later on. uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, he find I mean, he discovers the, uh, that uh, the card that was slipped under his door, Jack with one eye. Yeah, who slipped that underneath the door? So we find out that it was Audrey. Like he can tell by her penmanship. Oh and, yes. And and there's a scent of perfume on the card. So mm-hmm. he he knows it's probably a woman. He can tell by the slant that there's a yearning. <laughs> he's very good at this. He yes. he's very smart guy. I mean, those uh, FBI agents they must uh, you know have classes on <laughs> on uh, writing styles and stuff, but. Uh, and now, do we learn why she writes this note? Well, because she it's does. Not she, the so, first time. She later on she does another. So note. she's definitely she really likes him a lot, and so she's decided she's going to work with him and help him. So she's going to basically she's going to become junior detective, and she's going to be like yep. she, on her own. She's going to try to figure out the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer. Well, she does recruit others. She does. We haven't got to that point yet. I don't. Think. I don't think we have. But it, but she does recruit others to help her but she yeah she wants to become like i'm gonna help him on my own way like i think she thinks that like if 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 i can help him solve this mystery maybe he'll take it take he'll take her away with him you know she'll get to leave twin peaks with him and you know yep yeah it's a it's a it's a schoolgirl fantasy yep she so she has a crush and basically like gathers her friends later on and you know, tries to crack the uh, mystery. Right, and so we cut. We're here at the breakfast so that 
Harry, he basically Cooper said to Harry the night before, "I know who killed Laura Palmer from my, you know, I, yep. I figured it out. Meet me at breakfast, and I'll tell you." And so that's why we're at breakfast here to meet with Harry and uh, Lucy comes along, and to say I uh, to talk about who killed Laura Palmer. And you have the <laughs> coffee and the pie, of course. And I love that you know Cooper's taking his time. He's like, "Okay, let's find out." It's like, "I'm going to drink some. I'm going to drink my coffee. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about this dream, dream I had." It's like, "What?" So it was a dream. It wasn't a vision. Well, yeah, let's bring up some audio. Why not? Who killed Laura Palmer? <laughs> Harry, let me tell you about the dream I had last night. <laughs> so it's a dream, not a vision. Bet. No. You were there. Lucy, so were you. So Lucy was there. Harry, uh, we'll get back to my that. My dream is a code waiting to be broken. Break the code, solve the crime. The code, solve the crime. So that's what you were talking about. In my dream, they weren't Sarah there. Palmer has a vision right. of her daughter's killer. Deputy Hawk sketched his picture. I got a phone call from a one-armed man named Mike. The killer's name was Bob. Mike and Bobby. No, it's a different Mike and a different Bob. They lived above a convenience store. They had a tattoo. Fire. Walk with me. Mike couldn't stand the killing anymore, so he cut off his arm. Bob vowed to kill again, so Mike shot him. Do you know where dreams pretty good. come from? In yeah, like, so, like that makes yeah, sense. He, okay. So yeah, he's talking about like he's saying to Harry, "You were there, and you were there." And it's like, what? I don't remember seeing that in the last episode. There was no. We saw flashes of the one-armed man. He talks about his, his poem, and mm-hmm. we see Bob, and then we see the, uh, the 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 red room. But there's no Harry. There's no Lucy, and he really seems to be referencing to. The European ending, which has the yeah. red room, but it also has basically it's the funny thing is, is in the European version, Cooper is dreaming as well. But before he even dreams, um, Sarah has a vision, and she and I think Leland Palmer basically calls Lucy up from home, which is a comical thing. It's yep. like I'm not at the office. It's like yeah, I know you're not at the office, and 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 Leland's basically saying tell Harry that I need to talk to him because the, uh, Sarah's had a vision and yep, stuff. Yep. So you have this whole thing. So it seems to me like they're making a reference to the European version that there's all these different characters in it, and and I keep trying to figure out well why did that happen? It's like was there some kind of I, it's kind of funny in a way, but it's like but yeah, but why clearly, they keep that in the scripts like right. or. In the editing room, they chose to keep that in there. Yeah, but because uh, but yeah, you're right. In the I remember them all in there talking to right. Bob, and then, so Harry Harry meets up with with uh, Cooper, and they go to the hospital, and that's where they they meet the one armed man, and they're kind of yeah, and 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 Harry follows him down to the basement where yep. where Bob is, and but so yeah, it's kind of funny that like he makes that reference, but the only way you can connect that, we don't see it, and uh, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can kind of connect it to the European version that that that's where all the characters yeah, are. Yeah, kind of... and that whole conversation, like other than the the room, didn't happen. Totally. Yeah. So, so there's a deleted scene. I mean, not deleted, or you could say something in the script that we don't see in this episode, where you know Lucy's writing down everything that's like, okay, you know, uh, you know, uh, break the code, solve the crime, crime, and she's really fascinated by this. So she gives another line that is not in the show, and she says, "What does the midget stand for?" And Cooper says. Just about everything, Lucy. <laughs> so it's kind of, I think it's kind of funny. I mean, it's kind of what funny. What does a midget represent? Right. Just so about the, she didn't say little man, and I don't think uh, it's PC to say midget, but if that's what she's, she says. And he says, it stands for everything. Well, if you, if you think about it, it kind of does because he's like, he says, like, I'm the cousin. Doesn't that look like Laura? 
Right. The gum. He and he says all these things. So yeah. almost he does represent almost everything. And it's very interesting. Yeah, and and I mean when we get to the movie which is after the series, we will get another interpretation of 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 uh of the little man and what he stands for. And I think it's kind of interesting in a way that it, we'll we'll come back to that. Somewhere. And you know, uh, maybe I'm reaching here but so she, um Audrey puts the note that says one-eyed Jack. Yeah, Jack with one eye. I Jack think. with one eye. Yeah. But there's a place called One Eye Jacks. Right. But also, there's a guy, uh, Mike, who's missing an eye. Well, not an eye, an arm. Oh, an arm. Yeah. But, but you think Nad- Nadine is missing the eye? So there is a lot of like Nadine's one. Nadine's missing right, the she's eye. She's missing the eye. Yeah, but that, she's missing the eye. Right. Oh, so many people missing limbs. Okay, right. he's missing the arm. Right. Nadine's missing body the parts. Eye. Yeah. So it's something. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely try and make connections to say, well, isn't yeah. that coincidence in some ways? So we're at the morgue. Albert is is mad that he can't finish working on the autopsy of Laura because the townspeople wants to uh, to have the funeral. Yep. I'm not spoiling anything. Or I, there's no spoil. But it's he, there's two things I think about this this whole scene and stuff like that. One, what if Albert was able to finish his autopsy? Could he have solved the case of Laura Palmer? I mean, like it's like because he's really good at what he does, and he's mad that like he's not able to finish his work. Yeah. The other thing is, could the killer? be involved with trying to stop this autopsy from happening. Like now I'm not saying that any of the players are actually in the room, mm-hmm. but I'm saying is like what if what if they were trying to orchestrate to be like, wait, oh. we have to stop this from 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 him finding any more information and stuff. Yeah, but, you kinda get that impression that, that could be like um because they come in um yeah, I mean if you're watching the show for the first time, I could see that. Like, hey, why are you why are we stopping this? And like he's saying, this is really important. And like my favorite thing is like he says, you know, you can. This is horrible, but you can you can dig a hole any day, and yep. you can put a cast. And he's like, I can't do my work at another time. It has to be done now, now. and stuff. So yeah, it's true though. But they want to bury her, have closure. Of course, I mean, this uh, is the whole town cares about this. And then uh, and then so then we have Harry who will come in and uh and uh punch him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, and my fa- yeah, we're we're not there yet, but uh, we're looking at this. But I love the scene where so uh, so basically Cooper says, you know what, release the body, mm-hmm. and and then and then uh, Truman gets upset and he punches them, and then they all kind of leave and they say thank you to Cooper, and Cooper's left alone with with the body of Laura Palmer, and Laura's uh, hand is kind of like um, kind of dangling. And he takes that hand and he places it back on her body. And it's like, I feel like he's like that protector. Like, you know, he's like, here's yeah. this here's this guy who's trying to be the savior, who's going to try to solve this mystery. And I, I don't know, it was a beautiful scene just to see the hand and trying to, t- you know, place it down back on yeah. the body. I, I it shows lo- that he cares. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of, I mean, like, I think I said this before that, you know, I, when I really fell in love with film and television and, and the, like the behind the scenes of editing and cinematography, mm-hmm. it, I felt it was this show because it really does have some beautiful shots and some beautiful scenes. That, yeah, that it yeah, just, you're right. It does. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it that standpoint, yeah. Right. And I mean, it's the small things. Sometimes some shows don't do the small things. Yeah. You know, you you pick on, you pick up, and uh, this definitely has have. Yeah, and you know what's fascinating about this show is the share. This this show only used one camera. And, you know, like you think about some shows, they use three cameras where yep. you can cut away and you do different shots. This show, you have a wide master shot and then you do a close up, but you kept on moving the camera around. Oh it's my not God. Like... So it was a one camera drama? Yeah. Or two so cameras? There were no two cameras. So, like, okay, you, we're going to do all our shots now on this and then we're going to oh go and do God. it again. And so, 
I mean, it's tedious, but it's still. I, there's something to be uh, said about that. That that that. That's all. It's a lot of setup. Yeah, no. and so this is actually the shot that, of, of of Cooper resting the hand back on the body. And he did so. have the dream with her. Um. So I think the connection there, and he's a. Is this the episode he says he's a good receiver? Or is that I don't know one? if it is. I don't think it is. I think you're so far. <laughs> this is going to be a run on joke. It's going to be episode 29. Is this the episode that's the receiver? <laughs> I have uh, it. I have oh, it. Oh, man. So... So we're now we're now moving on to invitation to love. I can't. Oh. I can't. Think, I could put bring the theme song every time I bring this up. In invitation to love as emerald and jade. Emerald and jade. So there's these characters. There's these characters that are twins in the soap opera. That uh, one is a good twin, and one's a good girl, and one's a really bad girl. And that and so Leland oh, is sitting. Leland is sitting down. Um, he has a nurse, so he might be getting. He looks like he's getting drugged, or maybe he's getting. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I guess he's probably being drugged as well, because I mean, today's the funeral, and it's gonna be a hard day. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a, there's a, the doorbell, and uh, the nurse goes and gets, uh, gets the person at the door, and the person at the door is surprise, surprise, Madeline Ferguson, and that is. Uh, Laura's cousin. Who looks just <laughs> like, like Laura. She looks almost exactly like Laura. Well, how, how does Laura have a twin that's a cousin? Yep. She just has looks like Laura minus the hair and the glasses. It is basically the actress. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it the is act- the same actress. It, yeah. she, it's, it's the same actress. So uh, to give you some origin on Mag- Madeline Ferguson, her name originates from a 1958 Alfred Hitchcock film called Vertigo. And in that wow. film, a woman named Judy poses as a dead girl named Madeline. She changes her her hair blonde to look like Madeline. And some, so so that's just. <laughs> so, you just gave the whole show away right there. I know. Does she? It, was she Laura Palmer the whole time? So that was a theory. <laughs> that was that was that's a good theory. That was a great theory. So that was a theory when people were watching the show. They th- the theory was was that Maddie was the one really killed and Laura Palmer was pretending to be Madeline wow. instead of that. So that was, yeah, that was the thing. You know, but, that's what I thought briefly because I was like, well, why would she look just like her? And that would be amazing because Laura, you know, as as it progresses, you learn, she did a lot of weird things. Yeah. And you're almost thinking she wanted to escape life because she's sure. like, I can't stop from guys liking me. When I, I try, but they just do. So maybe if she killed her cousin who looked just like her and then can live that life of no, you know, I could be normal now, uh, like a, she's reborn, that would be interesting. And she does embrace her, her dad. I mean, or, or that's her uncle, right? Her uncle, yeah. but like. Oh my God! You know, you're my dad. Like, yeah, I could see. Really, they throw this in. You're watching, going, "Oh my God!" Right. You and know? so they kind of, um, they sort of use the invitation to love uh, to kind of say, "Oh, there's these twins on this show, and now we're going to mm-hmm. bring in a twin cousin and stuff." <laughs> and it's like, and and we're, we're, no, we're again, we're kind of going back to that dream where where the little man says, "That's my cousin," and but doesn't she look like Laura Palmer? Yep. So and so with the invitation to love, there yeah. were there were scenes cut again. 
and it again, it, I think they they made the right choice because sometimes that invitation to love soap opera is is great to kind of kind of echo what's happening on the show. Mm-hmm. But they were smart to cut. There was a scene where one of the characters just got back from a rainforest and he had his, you know, some kind of dialogue. Again, it's nothing important, nothing that we need to really talk about. But again, you could go to uh, YouTube, go to the channel Twin Peaks Archive One, and you could see the whole uh, the whole thing. It's, That's awesome. I, I think it's kind of funny. It's funny to look is at. Is it taken from the DVDs or is it an actual, the actual footage? So it's it looks like VHS footage. So it looks like somebody, you know, like how sometimes you go to these fan, uh, like Comic-Con, mm-hmm. and somebody's got a, um, a tape or a DVD. Now you have DVDs. So yeah, you have yeah, a DVD yeah. where somebody was able to get the raw footage. It looks like... It looks like somebody was able to get the raw footage. That's cool. I think it might even had time code on it. So I think it, it, it's like raw footage. That's cool. Because, yeah, yeah like, I, I picture it, like, in, with the scenes kind of in between. But the raw footage is, that's cool. Totally. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. I get a kick at it. It's a small little thing, but it's kind of funny to have this I- I part of the show. Um, what else do we want to say? We're, well, I mean, the, uh, Norma is at the diner, and she's there. T- uh, the, her husband... Parole officer yes. is basically saying, "Do you want to let Hank? Uh, Hank might get out of jail." Now we and... learn Hank is her husband. Right now, Hank becomes a very intricate character later yeah. on. Um, but this is the first time you hear of Hank. So then you're just like, "Wow, more characters!" But you also <laughs> know that she is in love with Big Ed. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, she's with Big Ed." Wait, but she's married to Hank. Right, and we don't know much about Hank. I don't want to ruin Hank until. Hank comes out. Yeah, I don't think you need to say too much more. I mean, yeah. they say that he was he he went to jail for manslaughter, and uh, I think what they were trying to do. This is the last thing I'm going to say about uh, about Hank. the soap opera. <laughs> oh, but the so so in the soap opera, the the scene that was cut was this guy Montana, where he mm. came back from the rainforest. But he's a bad guy, and he kind of he kind of comes off like kind of like a Hank character. So oh. I wondered if they originally were trying to. I mean, when they were thinking for shadow or something yeah, like that, yeah. but uh, like I said, it doesn't work. So, um, where should we go here? We should go to the next scene. So we have uh, Bobby Briggs and and Major Briggs, his father, sitting down right before the funeral. funeral. And now, is this the first time that we? Well, we met the last time. Last time we saw a scene with them together oh. was the, the he was smoking and he smacked him, and I think the it the went, cigarette went into the meatloaf. The mom's meatloaf. Yes. Yeah. Now, We're there for you, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, oh, God. I can't talk about it because it's later on. But, oh, yeah. You can see what this scene was interesting is that what Major Briggs will suddenly say is that, like, um, it's okay to be afraid of the funeral. And, mm-hmm. and that, that sets Bobby off. He's like, what? I'm not afraid. I'm going to tear that place up. And it's stuff like that. But it's interesting to see, like, it, it, to me, it comes off as the father is very understanding, and he knows that you know he understands that his son can be rebellious. But Bobby doesn't want to hear any of it, and like yeah. he wants to, you know, he just wants to be a teenager, and he thinks he's too cool. And um, also, you kind of feel like Bobby's got a lot more on his mind. Yeah. Other than the funeral, I think he's just like more worried about what's going on behind the scenes. Sure. Because there's more to his character that. We don't know yet. And I feel it kind of shows that he's very anxious. Like, he's just kind of like, he doesn't care what his dad has to say about <laughs> yeah. anything. He just wants to worry about himself. Afraid? I can hardly wait. Afraid? 
grab it and turn it upside down. What does that even mean? Like, is he gonna like, like, be the best? Like, just destroy the funeral? Like, I want to turn upside down. Like, he's like the super cool guy. Yeah, it's too funny. But I think he's got a lot of teenage angst in him, and he's very upset with himself, maybe, and with others, and. Also, you know, he's kind of trapped inside this whole mystery, too. He's kind of part of it, so. Yeah, and I mean, he's complicated. He was selling drugs. Yeah. He was with Laura. Uh-huh. He's, he, he, you know, he's now with Shelly. And, so, yeah, he's a, he's a complicated. And he's trying to keep Shelly away from Leo. Right. Now, we talked about one character that after this episode, I think we never see him again as Mike. Yeah, let's get back to it. Well, we got Albert here. I, mean, I don't know if you want to yep. do another dialogue. and Let's bring sure. that up for Next, we've got fibers of twine embedded in her wrists and upper arms. Two different kinds of twine. Fibers of twine found in the railroad car. I matched the sample from her wrist. The same twine was used to bind the wrists of the Pulaski girl. Conclusion, she was tied up twice at different locations on the night of her death. Once here and once here. Like this. Arms Sometimes bending backwards. Arms bend back. Yeah sometimes, yeah. yeah, sometimes my arms bend backward. Back. Yeah. yeah. So again, there's there's the reference to the dream where Laura says, I think I know her, but sometimes my arms bend back. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of cool. So now we have a physical thing where Laura was tied up twice mm-hmm. and to do that. Yeah. Now, no, like I was saying, though, Mike, he's gone. He's gone from the show at this point. You never see Mike again. That's not true. <laughs> well... That's I not true. That's I can, not good ahead. I can tell you, I'm in season two, and I have not seen maybe, Mike. Maybe, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't realize that he is Mike. No, he will. He, yeah, I don't. It, there's no point. In, I mean, he to me, he's not a, a major character. But does Mike ever come back? Yes, I mean, yes, Mike he, comes back. He does come back. He comes all back. Right, all right. I think almost all the characters come back, even if it's like to the very at the very end. You, you know? know what though? You're right though, because Mike had nothing, and if they even gave him anything to do, yeah. it would just take away from the show. It was not important. Yeah, remember you said I, I want to. I want to quote that because that's when we come back to that. When we when he comes back, that's how I feel. <laughs> that's how I feel when he comes back. It's like, was it really worth it, him coming back? There's so many other characters. Do we have to have him back and stuff? So I they, mean, he's a he's a great actor, and he. he but they bring him back, and it's not important. Yep. Uh, excellent. Okay, at least he's not the killer. Because uh, it, it, maybe. If they brought Mike back as a killer, that would be oh, really man. horrible. And it, it, that reminds me that you know at the beginning here with the breakfast where uh, where uh, Cooper talks about Mike and Bob and and Truman says Mike and Bobby. It's like no different Mike, Mike different Bobby. Bob. But like, what are the chances that you you have these characters in Twin Peaks named Mike and Bob, and then you have these other dream characters, characters named, named Mike, Mike and Bob. Bob? And it's like and. I'll spoil it and say we might hear about another Mike and Bob in the in the a show. A third Mike and Bob? <laughs> Maybe. Damn, you had name ideas. I know it's too funny. Oh man, oh, we really love Mike and Bob. We'll just keep the trend going. Right. Um. So let's see what I have for notes. Okay, I know this episode does, and I think we hit upon it last episode. But this one for me is really the full. They they focus on the drug subplot, right? This is kind of like they opened it up. With um oh they that's so right they they have uh where Bob and Bobby and Mike are in the woods and mm-hmm. they're trying to get the drugs from from Leo or something so that's it's been a continuing story that happened yeah last yeah. episode and this one I think, oh you're right this one they continue it with this whole drug thing there's people smuggling in drugs oh yes uh, Jacques Jacques uh, we meet Jacques uh, yeah briefly um is it Jacques it's simply the the Jacques Renault. 
Uh, yeah, they're, 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 there's the brothers, heavier but, set yeah. guy, the big guy, right. and he's like, uh, well, he has a brother too, and I can't think of his name right now. But uh, but you're right, there is a, there is drugs being brought in, but yeah. it is connected. It's connected to Leo. It's connected to Bobby yep. and Mike. They're they, right. They're bringing drugs in from Canada. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird because I'm like, okay, we have a drug subplot now. And, and it, yeah, it was always. I think it was kind of there, but like it, we started, with, we, we yeah. kind of started with Mike and Mike and Bobby in jail, and they're saying we're gonna be in trouble when Leo gets out because you yeah. know we owe money, and the money is in the safety deposit that Laura kept. So it was kind of there. So it, 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 yeah. it starts off with just these these high school kids, and then it goes to Leo, and then Leo has people that he gets so. So it seems like it keeps on you know escalating. Escalating. A little, you know? Yep. And then this. Turns into more than Nadine and Big Ed. They're at the um, house, and so there's she has she has these like little figures, and they have a patch on the like a, like a little a woman uh, like I don't know what would say it was oh, like oh I didn't notice didn't that. See that it just happened so too. like a, so they cut to the scene and they have patches on all the little figurines. So I don't know if all of them, but there definitely was some that that uh, that happened to. Before the end of the before we stop doing this podcast, someday I'm gonna learn how to scrub. So grab the little dot, and then bring it, bring that. Well, it disappeared. And then when you go further down on the screen, it's like a fine scrubbing. All right, so we're watching. We're looking at all these ceramic-y things, and there's one right there. There's a patch. Oh, <laughs> the patch. <laughs> the patch. So I don't know if that's if that's something where Nadine likes to collect these ornaments, and some of them will have a, a patch on it. On it, I mean, can on. we ruin why she has a patch, or should we wait? I think we can wait. I don't think there's anything. I okay, mean, especially right. because, yeah, yeah. Let's wait. Let's wait, because we'll have nothing to talk about then. Um, but, uh, you know, we learned that Nadine, you know, is really in. Lo- you know, she loves Ed, and you know, right. I think she wants to do good for him. Yeah, almost. and I don't think we doesn't come off as Ed loves her really. Like, He's just kind of like, eh, I like Norma. Yeah, you know, but I'm, I'm stuck, in love with Norma. I'm stuck with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck with you, Nadine. But you learn in the future why, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. We'll you're almost there. like. He, you know, he can't leave her. Right. We, right now, you just think he's a jerk. Now this is, a jerk, we have a scene where Audrey is, is in a peephole watching Jacoby and her brother Johnny, and Johnny, he has I don't know, we say mental problems or something. Yes. And he's wearing a, uh, a Native American headdress, and and Jacoby's trying to get him to take it off. And there was going to be a sub. There was going to be a plot that they 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 decide not to go. But originally, uh, Johnny was going to have some kind of information about the the, the 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 who killed Laura Palmer, and Jacoby was going to try to like work with him to try to figure out the mystery and some of that. But they Ooh. they dropped that. I they, think that's they, a good idea because yeah. that would have been too much. And this is also you find out that Audrey does this a lot. She likes to spy on people. Right. And this. This but the whole show is like we're all kind of like we're always yeah. kind of spying on each other. But she has this spot. So this right. tells us that she has spied on people before there. Yeah. She goes there. She must go there a lot. So she knows. I mean, that goes into her brother's room or a, a right. room with a brother in Jacoby. So is there the, must be all these secret passages in the, uh, yeah. in the, uh, the hotel there. So she knows. She knows Northern. more than what. And she can get right. information easily. So uh, there's a scene... There's a scene now. We're in the funeral, and uh, the pastor is having some things to say. And 
I mean, everybody's very somber here, but in the, the original script, it was kind of like everybody's looking at each other like, oh, Ben Horn's looking at Catherine, and this person's looking at this. Like, they're all kind of like secretly talking, and, and, and they're still kind of having their business that they do, which I don't think would be out of place. Yeah. But the interesting thing in the script was that uh, Audrey saw Madeline who is like, wait a minute, that looks just like Laura Palmer. She's thinking, and she kind of looks for Cooper to see if he's looking and he's kind of doing his own thing. And in the script, it says Cooper is taking notes on everything and he's trying to figure it all out. But it seemed way out of place for this. I think this, this, you need to have a somber moment where people are just, you know, taking it all in. Yeah, I mean, it would have been... But I, I, yeah. the thing I liked was that, like, okay, we are addressing that there's this this girl, this woman here who looks just like Laura Palmer at the at funeral. funeral. But, uh, <laughs> and, you know, it you, you kind of feel like, that is that Laura with a wig on? Yep. dyed her hair, and she's like, I'm watching my cousin go being buried, and I, I'm starting anew. Sounds good, right? You know that could be a good theory. I mean, but it's not. It's not the case. So Bobby has a theory in this in, in, during the funeral on who killed Laura Palmer. He says, "What was Bobby's theory?" <laughs> he says, remember. "He says, uh, you know, uh, we all knew Laura Palmer was in trouble. You know who killed her? We all killed her." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a way, like he's basically saying that, like you know, we didn't really want to, we didn't really want to help her. Like we, we kind of knew that she had some problems and stuff. Like we all knew that she, they enabled her, all of them. Yeah, or they just didn't. They wanted to look the other way, and they only wanted to see her as the perfect, mm-hmm. you know, girl and stuff. They didn't want to see that, you know, maybe she had a drug problem, or maybe there's some other issues that were, that she was dealing with yeah, and stuff. But yeah. I, I thought that was a kind of a cool little thing. Mm-hmm. Like for Bobby to have a, be such a mess that's so like uh, you know insightful in some ways that. Okay, there's actually they do show some, they do kind of show her looking at Madeline for a second, but they don't really make a, a reference. Oh, now she's uh, looking at Cooper. Yeah, and Audrey Audrey looking there. at Cooper, and they're making flirty right. faces. And so there's a scene. And the log lady's here. Yeah, the log lady, as as she all in her usual getup, she didn't change. In the script, they had they changed her into being like a fancy dress for the funeral, like to be all like I don't know if it was all in black, but like she was kind of like. In attire that would be appropriate for the funeral. Uh, I'm glad she, you need her to stay as she, this earthly tones. You don't want to change her and stuff. Yeah, but. And she has a log. Yep. And um, so there was another part, little piece that was taken out, uh, or that was in the script, and I don't know if they ever did film it. And it was these before this whole funeral, there were some workers in the cemetery. <laughs> And they were working on, they were testing the hydraulic mechanism, and they were they were they were lowering the uh, ca- the coffin bed up and down. And I think they were trying it out, and maybe a guy was actually on a coffin bed trying testing it out. Yeah. But it's foreshadowing what's about to happen here with Leland and stuff like that. Oh, I think it's out of yeah, place. Yeah. I don't think you need it, but I think it was a way of foreshadowing saying that maybe they knew there was some problems with this mechanism because it's gonna, you know, Leland jumps on the casting yep. and it starts going up and down, yeah, up, up and down, down. stuff. So, yeah. Funny thing. It's like, oh, right now we have Bobby and uh, James. Like, you are dead. And I, as a you know, fifteen year old, I used to think that was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Like, you are, are dead. dead in slow motion. Oh. And then you know, well, James, because now everybody has to remember that James was with Laura. Secretly. Secret. And, and Bobby was but, with Laura. Right. I mean, he was the football, he was the star football player, and the, the mm-hmm. homecoming queen was Laura, and the, they were a big item and but stuff. Then but then he was cheating. He was cheating on Laura with, with Shelly. Yeah, and yes. then James 
wasn't cheating on Laura at all. I mean, he had secret feel, feelings for um, Donna. Donna, right? I mean, I think they they started to have sparks at that picnic that they went to, yeah. but he didn't act on it. Yeah, Donna. yeah, yeah. But the way the show goes, I'm sure it would have happened if Laura. Had I'm sure because everybody was with everybody. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's a. I, I, I know I always like to admit it, but it was the soap opera, so everybody yep. has to be with everybody. And yep, yeah. And so yeah, we have we have Leland, and I love uh, Sarah Palmer's like, don't ruin this too. It's like, what else have you ruined and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know that you're you're ruining this, and they're both they're both a mess right now. Yep. I mean, Laura's I dad is yeah. just not, and it's just so uncomfortable because the coffee is going up and down. Yeah, and, and you can hear the sound of of the mechanism. Yep, and the next, uh, <laughs> and he just. Laura. It's it's so right. funny but awkward and just absurd. Yeah, totally. And then the next scene that we go into, it's like I definitely think that we're supposed to laugh at some of this stuff. Uh-huh. And and yeah. like this shows it. The next scene we go to the double R diner and we have Shelly talking to some um, old men that you know patrons, and she's kind of showing them this is what happened with Leland. He he jumps on the coffin and goes, and she's I think she's using a napkin uh, dispenser napkin or something yeah, yeah. as the as the casket casket. And they're laughing. Oh, uh, yeah. So next we got into Ed and uh, Hawk and Truman are sitting at a booth. And they said, you know, he's not one of us here. And they're talking about C- Cooper coming over. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is a really cool scene. I think at some point I want to maybe get some audio. But I don't I don't know. It might be too early. Ah, well, let's just do it. Hawk, begin. How would you like some fresh huckleberry pie? Oh, well, you got to have some huckleberry pie. Some pie. Yeah. Norma, slice of huckleberry pie, heated, vanilla ice cream on the side, coffee. Coming right up. And she gave a weird look. Yep. To those Again, guys. how long you been in love with Norma? Oh. Uh, yep. He lost that bet. Ed, looks like pie and coffee's on you. So he's going to talk about... Okay, what'd you fellas yeah. call me in to talk about besides the highlights of the dinner menu? You better tell him. Somebody's running drugs into Twin Peaks from across the border. This is what you were getting at with yeah, the drugs. Yeah. For six months trying to set up a bust, top to bottom, nobody walks. Who's targeted? Jacques Renault, bartender at the Roadhouse. We figure him for the middleman. You get about another minute or so. Now Ed's been doing some undercover. Can I bring it down? No, no, I want to hear this. This is what I want to hear. We think Renault slipped him a Mickey. Felt like somebody hit me with a log splitter. Ed, I didn't know you were a deputy. He's not. Well, it's a little outside your jurisdiction, don't you think? Somebody's selling drugs to high school kids. And I figure that's everybody's jurisdiction. I call Ed in when I need him. He's not the only one I call. Thanks, Norman. I started this too early, but that's all right. We're getting to the point. (laughs) This must be where pies go when they die. Yes, this is my favorite line right there. It's great. Okay, Harry. Would you please tell me why you really called me in here? Cooper, you're going to have to go along with me on this, even if it sounds a little weird. I'm with you. Twin Peaks is different. Long way from the world. You've noticed that. Yes, I have. That's exactly the way we like it. But there's a a back end to that that's kind of different, too. Maybe that's the price we pay for all the good things. What would that be? There's a sort of evil out there. Something very, very strange in these old woods. Call it what you want, uh, a darkness, a presence. It takes many forms, but 
It's been out there for as long as anyone can remember. And we've always been here to fight it. We. Now, A Secret Society, the Bookhouse Boys. The book? No, the, are those the guys with the, the drugs? No, no, no. These guys are the Bookhouse Boys. Truman and Hawk. And so these guys are a secret society that have been around for a long decades, I'm sure. Yeah. And their whole purpose is 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 to stop the evil in the woods. And we don't know what the evil in the woods means. Yeah, because I'm, you know, I'm rewatching this going mm-hmm. where I am. They have not talked about the evil in the woods. Well, it will be addressed at some point. In but season it, two? Yep. Okay, because I'm just yeah. Right, but it's I really that's why I think it's really interesting in some ways. But but it's like to me it's almost like we're dealing with Gothism, like we're dealing with other like other forces and, and nature, and nature. And yeah, so it's really, yeah. To me, it's fascinating in some ways that there could be something more to. It. I mean, they're still being very literal in the sense that like we have these drug running things, and mm-hmm. like they consider that part of the evil around them. And we but, did have that weird guy in a ski mask watching. Sure. So maybe they're going to stop them. Right. So right. Yep. It's like so. But I, I'm really fascinated by that, that there's this other stuff that, that you know, people are not really, they're not uh, part of the police force, but they're working together to stop bad things that are yep. going on and yep. stuff. And yep. I, yeah, it'll be revisited and stuff. So another thing, so they, they actually have a sign that they use that, uh, you know, like when you're part of society, sometimes you have a special shake that you do, yeah, like a yeah, handshake yeah. and things like that. What they do is they do, um, they take their finger and they put it to their uh, temple and they kind of bring a line down and stuff like that. And they've actually done this in previous episodes before we even knew that they were the Bookhouse Boys. There was an episode where, uh, it might have been the episode one, where Truman sees uh, Big Ed and, and right when they meet each other, they do the sign. And um, there's that, and then he says, oh, I, I think I was drugged by Jock at the bar yep. and stuff like that. So that's interesting that they had this sign, but Laura does her own sign in the Red Room Dream. She she takes her her I think it was index for both the the Bookhouse Boys, and she uses her index finger and she and she kind of does it down her nose. So that and to me it's kind of it, it was it was similar. It wasn't her temple, yep, but yep. it was still kind of like, huh? Is there some other? other like signs like you need to know the code like yeah. you know if you're part of the society you need to know the, the secret language that's and stuff interesting like that. yeah and we see Jacques for the first time um and he, now i think he's what he's trying to sell drugs or he's trying to get he, drugs he, he's so yeah he's the person that basically he's like the mute i mean like it's funny there's a reference like i'm no mule but like, yeah he is a mule but he, he's the one that actually brings the drugs over the border yep. so he, him and his brothers w- would do that and, and stuff. he's so, the one that slipped the mickey because he works at the bar right uh, yeah so we i think you're right the, 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 we've heard reference to him but we've never seen him. yeah so this is kind of like this whole you find out where leo and all these people are in this drug ring and totally yeah it's you're like, oh my god! So there's more to this town. <laughs> the layer, the layer of this town has just gotten bigger. Yep. Oh, and then Josie and 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 Harry. You find out that Josie and Harry are secretly together. What are you talking about? What show have you been watching? <laughs> <laughs> Do you but, find that out? Yes, you know they're together now. Yeah, but we knew they were together from the pilot. Oh yeah, we did. Oh, yeah, that we was did. the whole reference. There was a, yeah, you're right. The, the you're whole right. reference to like, I mean, because yeah, we learned in the pilot, and then in the first episode, Cooper says, "So how long have you been in yes. love with her?" And so, you're right, and right, it's right. actually a, a, 
a reference to why Big Ed. So, like, yep. the whole thing with the bet was Harry knew that when Norma came by, that Cooper would figure out that Norma and Big Ed were together and stuff like that. Because he's good like that. Yeah, you're right, so you're right. we do have a scene where we're still talking about ledgers and we're still trying to say, it seems like Catherine might be trying to destroy the mill and she's trying to bring that. But, you know, we're talking about spying and here's another different type of spying where we have Catherine has an intercom and she's listening in on what Harry mm-hmm. and, and there's a, Harry and Josie's doing and that's a lot of that where they're kind of spying and, and and looking into see this subplot for me wasn't as interesting until later on yeah like in the beginning I was so I've become so invested with Cooper and the um, the death of Laura and everybody else that the subplot of the drugs in this I, I, I feel like it didn't grab me yet it doesn't grab me till later because there's just so much going on. You yeah. kind of have to pick what's your interest. Totally. There's a lot to take up. I mean, I feel like yeah. I've watched it a couple times and you watch it again. It's like, oh, now I understand what this plot is. Like we were talking I'm about. I'm doing that I, right now. Yeah. Well, as you're watching, well, as we're doing this podcast, I'm understanding more. Right. You know, because I really. I, mean, I think it was like one of, our, one of our previous episodes. You were like, okay, so Ben, he, do you want the mill? And we're talking about, no, he wants the land. And like, what is going on with that? Right. Yep. Because it, it's, it, it's, it's complicated. You, I mean, there's people out there who have maps trying to chart on all oh the different storylines all the different characters i mean it's, it's a complicated you show you need a big map <laughs> so we, i think we only have maybe like one more scene or so yeah I, see I, I don't have much notes for this so this is all you because i'm the next episode i will have lots of notes if anybody was listening to the last episode <laughs> i think i remember <laughs> hearing that last time it was like my I next lied. one i have <laughs> i looked at the wrong one my, i looked at I don't my think you need, I, I, we said i said this uh, uh when we weren't ta- recording and stuff but i don't think you need notes i mean you're coming in it from uh, from brand new seeing yeah. this for the first time and i think i love i love that fresh perspective and that made me think about like was was a, a previous episode where you were talking about that Laura and Donna might be having an affair together and stuff yes, like that yes i thought they were in love that's right so the interesting thing about that is the, the secret diary of Laura Palmer book has Laura uh, puts initials of all the people she slept with. So when we get to when we get to the time where am we're I talking, right? I'm not saying you're right. <laughs> I'm not saying you're right. All I'm saying is when we do get to around to the time for the secret diary of Laura Palmer, where we talk about it, uh-huh. we'll have to go and look. We'll, all right. we'll look at the initials and stuff. But it's I I found it fascinating that you you drew those conclusions that maybe they were lesbians or they were they. Well, no, I mean, yeah, I think that um, because. You know, like when you have girl, when girls are friends with each other, you know, girlfriends, they're they can be closer than when guys are friends. You know, they're very, you know, they're just girls. You have a bromance like Cooper and Harry. Yeah, yeah, you have a bromance, honk honk on the nose. But I think, like, yeah, I think there was something going on with those two, and maybe not like in a sexual way, but I feel like they probably had, they liked each other a lot. But maybe. Maybe they did, you know, but to me, it was hinted at. Right. Um, and I, that's why I like that fresh perspective. Yeah. So I don't think you always need to bring notes. I think what you're sharing is, is good insight and uh, interesting perspective. But I have to take note. I have to remember because I'm so far, I'm a little bit ahead and yep. I want to. But rewatching this um, and talking about it really connects the dots from yeah. what I'm watching. So it's actually, I'm happy I'm ahead and I'm reliving the past because then it helps me understand the future. Sure. Does and that you, make any sense? And you, you, get to, you get to rewatch the, uh, the Red Room uh, stuff. Yes, I mean, there's some yes. good stuff here. So I think there's maybe one other scene I was interested in talking about, and that would deal with uh, Cooper and Hawk. 
uh, they're in a bar, and yep. uh, I think that would be really cool just to talk about if I can get to that. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. So oh. we're we're at the, we're at the uh, the dance. Yeah, we're at the Great Northern, and uh, Leland's hanging out there. I think he's dancing. He's doing something. I would love to. Maybe in a second I'll get audio when we see Cooper and uh, and Hawk. Maybe get some audio of this. Okay, and I want to talk about the scene though. Yeah, well, um, I feel like with a father, you know, he's remembering Laura. He's having a breakdown. Everybody's dancing, um, and if I remember correctly, I mean, he kind of goes crazy. But the people help him instead of like laughing at him, yeah. or they all start doing this dance, right? They all start doing the dance he's or, doing. A future, a future episode, not this episode. Oh, I know what is this it? one? No, I don't think. No, it's not this one. It's a future one. Oh. That's okay. You're, you're still on the Man, right track. Man, see, I, I am lost. I all really right. thought. Is is it the next episode? I don't know which one it is. Oh, I right, can't remember right. that. I, but you want? To, well, give me some audio here okay. for a second. speed. Uh, I may. You know what? I may have missed it. <laughs> Let's go back for a second. We'll turn it off. See, so, yeah, he's uh, like, "Come dance with me." I really thought this is the one when he starts dancing. And, he uh, does dance, but he doesn't. It's it, there's another there's another time where Benjamin Horn and Catherine are there, and Catherine actually makes it into a dance when he's he's having uh, problems. Okay. So um, yeah, we're gonna do, we'll get back here. So now we're gonna get some audio again here. So we're gonna we're the end of uh, my favorite music, by the way. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. And you know, uh, there's actually lyrics to this because uh, uh, Julie Cruz, who's who's uh, who's the um, singer in the Roadhouse, actually had an album called Falling. It's like Falling in Love. So oh it's, my god, that's awesome. I'm still terrible at the scrubbing here. It's fine. Well, it's in a cut. All right, it will cut eventually. So I don't know. Yeah. What it's just this music and um, Harry and Josie are making out here. Yeah, here we go. So now here we go. We see a moon in the night. Do you believe in the soul? Several. More than one. Blackfoot legend. Waking souls that give life to the mind and the body. A dream soul that wanders. Dream souls? Where do they wander? Far away places. The land of the dead. Is that where Laura is? Laura's in the ground, Agent Cooper. That's the only thing I'm sure of. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, insight right there. Dream souls. I mean, it's, I don't know what to make of it, but it feels like it's connected to his dream. And, uh-huh. I mean, yeah, yeah. I also almost think like the, the idea of waking up, I feel like in some ways Leland woke up, like he was kind of in a trance and that he kind of woke up and started dancing and stuff. There was a couple of things that it was like that I brought meaning to that, the whole idea of the yep. dream soul and where does it wander and stuff. and. I yeah, know it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's and something. There's two souls, and then multiple souls. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, Laura, and then the dream he had with the sh- the midget saying, "I'm Laura's cousin." What if the midget is really um, Laura's cousin that we met that looks just like Laura? Yeah, that's something. But represents in his dream just someone because he hasn't met her yet. Right. I when we had the dream, nobody's met Laura's cousin. Yeah. So he wouldn't have a face in his dream. 
So then we meet Laura's cousin, who looks just like Laura. So the two souls thing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it, right? I, I mean, you can yeah. you can really yeah you can, you really can spin get... it and put it into anything you want, really. Right? Yeah. So I mean, but it's I find it fascinating and yeah. stuff. I mean, it's so yeah. You had mentioned about Leland uh, being carried away, and and they okay, are yeah. very supportive. Yeah, you're right. And stuff, huh? and I really the... thought it was the scene. You're I mean, right. It's it was... very similar. I mean, he does it again where the he music does it a starts. Lot. He does it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean the actor Ray Wise. So he's like, uh, he can't dance. Uh, I, I have no oh, idea as I cry. Ray Wise actually tried out for Harry Truman's part when he was going to do this stuff, and uh, David Lynch, I think, and maybe Mark Frost that thought that he would be better off as as the father of, of Laura Palmer. Yep. And so he gets the script. He's like, how do I remember Leland Palmer? And he's looking through it, and it's like. Huh. He he cries when he gets the news. He gets the he cries when he finds out uh, Laura's dead. He cries when he goes to the morgue. He cries. I mean, like he's like, all this guy does is cry. <laughs> Seriously. Right. And he not only po- does his dance, but yeah, yeah, dance, sing, and cry. Later on, not the crying so much. Um, but yeah, I think it was a good episode. I mean, I think it was that one episode in every show where it takes to point A to point B. And, you know, we got Laura's funeral out of the way. We met some, we we were told about some interesting characters, that were, you know, Henry and... Um, Hank there? I mean, yeah, Hank. Hank, Hank. Yeah. And then the whole uh, drug, and then the creepy crawlies that live in the dark woods we don't know anything about. Which we, I don't know if we ever know anything about. But, I mean, but we could talk about it, because you had theories about people in the in the, in there and stuff, about uh, ski well, masks and stuff. Well, we met the ski mask guy in the woods, and you're, right. you're oh, telling you're, me... Oh, you're saying the evil in the woods, right. The yeah, evil you're, in the you're woods. telling me that we haven't... In the whole show, they don't really tell you who that guy in the ski mask was. Right, but I like the idea that, like, you're connecting the evil in the woods to people, like, yeah, like the yeah, drugs. Yeah, I mean, and... the drugs, I mean, I think... They're they're keeping the bad out, and the drugs are the bad. But it does get eerie when he's talking about it, saying the drugs. So maybe at night the drugs are brought in, and that's the evil they're keeping out. Right. But they also keep it very ambiguous that it could be supernatural. It could be supernatural. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that idea of. I mean, I love the idea of the supernatural. I love yep. the idea of the dream sequence and other things that could be out there yeah. and stuff. But it could yeah. be supernatural. And they have a secret society to keep it out. Right, so the that, Bookhouse Boys. I like yeah, that. Yeah, so that makes you even feel like, something, you know, like it's something, you know, only they can take care of. Yeah, like, Nobody yeah, yeah. else can know about it. And there's a history it. about it. There's a history going on. I mean, this is yeah. going on for decades. So, like, you know, like men pass it on to other men and maybe father to son. And, yeah, and, their and, fathers and, did yeah. this and now right. they're doing it. Yeah, so I mean, I'd like to, I like that. I hope they play that up more and I hope they even, I would love to see it in, in the new series if they would, if they would bring that back. I like, yeah. And it can't be much of a big threat because if only three guys can take care of it. Well, I think yeah. there's, I do think <laughs> there's there a few more? more. I think there's more. All right. All I right. think there's a few more. Because there's just three, it's like That's Big funny. Ed and those <laughs> two guys are like, yeah, we can take it care of it. It still goes back to the town, you know, the, the town on the sign says 51 1,000, blah, 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 whatever it is, 51,000. Mm-hmm. Still, originally, Mark Frost and David Lynch wanted it to be 5,000 uh, townspeople. Because which, you don't see a lot of people. You don't see a lot of people. And I feel like that would make more, it still makes more sense that it was an intimate group. Mm-hmm. They all knew Laura Palmer because there's not that many people in the town. And I wish, yeah. I do wish they could have said, I, I wish like maybe the new season would be like, they're like painting over the one and being like, it should have said 5,000. Somebody, well, those kids keep adding the one. Yeah. <laughs> those kids, <laughs> they're tricking people. Yeah. The only other thing I want to say was that um Harry uh, Payton, Harry, Harry Payton, who wrote this episode, was, um, uh, 
earned an Emmy nomination for this episode. He didn't win, oh. but they, they were nominated for his writing in this nice, episode. Nice. Yeah. Did they win? Did they ever win anything? They were nominated. I think they did. I think they won. I think they did won two, but it might have not been like. It might have been like set dressing, and you know, when, when we get to the end of the se- the first season, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll come up with Music. the Emmys and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> well, but I think they they did win two Emmys, but it wasn't for like, it wasn't for like director or for actor. Acting. It was well, like one yeah. of these uh, yeah. one of these like behind the scene things. I think. But. I think the actor the acting gets better with the show because when you first watch the first episode, it blows you away. The acting's like, what am I watching? <laughs> but then you get used to it, and I think a lot of the actors. You can tell become comfortable with their role, and it doesn't feel as cheesy anymore when you first watch it. You know, by yeah. this point in the series, we're only episode three, technically four episodes we've seen. It the show's kind of taking on its life, and also the music. I want to mention like uh, the music sets a tone for every character. Hmm. You have the yep. love music, which we've talked about, but then you have. The jazz music, when something more comical right. and light and fluffy is going to happen. And I feel like that music just sets the tone and you, totally. you become accustomed to it. You're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I hear the romantic music. Right. Something's going to romantic. Laura's gonna... theme. So, and like, yep. you recently got the soundtrack that I heard. So I if, if you look at yeah. the soundtrack, it'll be like Audrey's Dance or it'll, it'll like the, yeah, name the, jazz, of the, the, yep. the name of the song sometimes will be like Laura's theme. It'll be, yep. it'll be named after the That's character. Cool. I don't think they all are, but there are a few of them. So that like, yeah. even the, the people who were, you know, coming up with this stuff said, we feel this belongs to Audrey. We feel this belongs to Laura. And yeah, so, yeah. Yep. It reminded me of the old cartoon Doug. Have you ever seen Doug? It's been a long time, long time. And ago. everybody had their own theme music. Oh man! So like, uh, Patty Mayonnaise would come in. You'd hear her theme, and then like everybody would have their own yeah, theme. Yeah, yeah. And it was jazzy, like Twin Peaks. I, I'm gonna have to Google this. So to you see think? If... Yeah. When, when it was? When do you think Doug was? How long ago was that? That was early '90s. Early '90s. See that? Uh, Mid '90s. Because okay. I was I was younger, but I remember like it would be the jazz and like weird music. Everybody had their theme song. Um. So it kind of feel that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Cool. So we're on Twitter at yeah I, uh, Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks unwrap unwrap unwrap. So it, instead of unwrapped. It's just unwrap, <laughs> unwrap, unwrap that plastic. <laughs> and then, but, but you, but you could find us if you. T- I think if you if you search for Twin Peaks unwrapped, our name is given that way. So yep. yeah, and Facebook, we're on Facebook, and we're uh, Twin Peaks unwrapped at gmail dot com. So questions, um, comments, comments, or anything. Tell us how we're doing. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to hear it. I'm Ben Durant. I'm Brian Kazaska. Yeah, and uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna end this like we do every day time we do the show with a Diane tape. This was uh, S- S- Scott Frost, Mark Frost's brother, who did the dialogue, and Kyle MacLachlan did the voice. And uh, here we go. Diane, twelve oh one a.m. Black Lake Cemetery. A new day for all but the dead. <laughs> Sorry, folks. In the recorded history of man's organized attempts to civilize this planet, and more specifically their communities, men have always formed groups, clubs, or societies, often cloaked in secrecy, to protect and preserve certain elements within their social structure. Twin Peaks is no different. Sheriff Truman, Hawk, Big Ed, James Hurley, and others unknown to me have taken up that mantle. They call themselves 
the Bookhouse Boys. Defenders in what appears to be an age-old fight against a kind of darkness in the woods surrounding this town. This is clearly a place that inspires dreaming about darkness and light. And who knows what dreams are real. Deputy Hawk spoke tonight of a soul that wanders. A dream soul. A Blackfoot legend. With her burial today, I hope Laura's spirit finds more peace wherever it is now than it did in its brief time on this earth.